Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Good Wednesday morning. The Michigan State community coming together overnight. Powerful tributes to the victims and the search for answers this morning. It's February 15th. This is today. Emotional vigils, family and friends honoring the three students killed in that campus shooting rampage. A piece of our community is gone. What we're learning this morning about the victims, the students still recovering from injuries, and the investigation to try and uncover a motive. She's running. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley jumps into the presidential race. The U.N. ambassador under Donald Trump becomes his first Republican challenger. And the 2024 race begins to take shape. Growing outrage concerns mounting after that fiery train derailment in Ohio. Nearly two weeks later, do harmful chemicals remain in the air, the ground and the water? Don't tell me it's safe. Something's going on if a fish are floating in the creek. This morning, the message from officials to anxious residents. Call to action. The FAA launching a rare safety review after a string of frighteningly close calls on the nation's runways. Delta 1943, cancel takeoff plans. Just ahead, what all passengers need to know. All that plus on the stand, Alec Murdoch's sister-in-law testifies at his double murder trial about his behavior after the deaths of his wife and son. I think everybody was afraid, and Alec didn't seem to be afraid. We're live at the courthouse as prosecutors prepare to rest their case. And they love a parade, a massive crowd, up to a million people set to take over downtown Kansas City for the Chiefs' big Super Bowl victory party today, Wednesday, February 15th, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to today. Nice to have you with us on a Wednesday morning. Looks like Chief's Kingdom is going to have a good day, good weather for today's parade, but it's a different story elsewhere. Yeah, that parade's going to be epic. By the way, Al is tracking conditions all across the country from possible record high temperatures here in the Northeast to parts of the Midwest and the South on alert for severe storms later today and tomorrow. We'll have Al's full forecast coming up. A little something for everybody there. We want to start this morning at Michigan State University. We are learning a lot more today about the three young students whose lives were cut short in Monday night's mass shooting. And investigators are trying to determine what led to the gunman's rampage. NBC's Jesse Kirsch joins us from the campus in East Lansing. Jesse, good morning. Savannah, good morning. You can see the tributes to those three lives lost continuing to grow here on Michigan State University's campus as they are memorialized beyond their school community as well. Meanwhile, new details and questions about the gunman coming to light. This morning, another U.S. college town grieving after the nation's latest mass shooting. Michigan State University announcing sophomore Brian Frazier, junior Ariel Anderson, and junior Alexandria Verner were all killed when a gunman opened fire on campus Monday night. We would like to honor her. Verner honored late Tuesday at a vigil in her hometown, Clawson, Michigan. 
her former high school principal describing her as an exemplary young person. You try to surround yourself with people that make you feel good as a human being. And that's what Al did to everyone. In a statement, Anderson's family saying in part the aspiring surgeon was passionate about helping her friends and family, assisting children and serving people. Frazier was president of MSU's Phi Delta Theta chapter, the fraternity calling him a great friend to his Phi Delta brothers. I think all of us are numb to the whole situation. We have lived this our entire lives. Five other students remain hospitalized. This fraternity surveillance video shared with NBC News appears to show the suspected shooter, Anthony Dwayne McRae, in the massacre's aftermath. McRae's father telling NBC News his son became reclusive, evil, and mean after his mother died two years ago. But still, no official motive. More than 600 miles away, police in Ewing, New Jersey, say after McRae shot and killed himself, authorities found a note in his pocket that indicated a threat to that community, prompting schools there to shut down Tuesday, although no threat was found. Back at Michigan State, the latest gun violence to stun the country, prompting some parents to come pick up their children from school. The minute we saw her, the tears started and we just hugged and held each other. Because there are kids that... Parents can't do that today because of this senseless stuff that goes on. Jesse, uh, we, we have learned the suspect had a criminal history as well. That's right, Savannah. In 2019, he faced a felony charge carrying a concealed weapon. He also faced a misdemeanor charge, possession of a loaded firearm in or upon a vehicle. He pleaded guilty to the lesser charge and he served probation. Savannah. Mm-hmm. Jesse Kirsch at the scene of the latest shooting rampage. Thank you. Also this morning, the 2024 presidential race is heating up with former governor and U.N. ambassador Nikki Haley throwing her hat into the ring, becoming Donald Trump's first official Republican challenger. NBC senior Washington correspondent Hallie Jackson has the story. Hey, Hallie, good morning. Hey, Hoda, good morning to you. The newest presidential candidate is set to hold her first campaign event later today in South Carolina with Nikki Haley signaling she's ready to formally take on Donald Trump. 2024 taking shape this morning with former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley jumping into the Republican race. Coming from the 51-year-old, that argument's a swipe at both current President Joe Biden, who's 80, and former President Donald Trump, who's 76. After serving as governor of South Carolina, Haley joined the Trump administration, her former boss, now her current competition, as she signals she's not backing down from any kind of fight. Haley pushed for Mr. Trump's reelection in 2020. Donald Trump has always put America first. But she's walked the line between support and distance, like after January 6th, suggesting we shouldn't have listened to him, though she ultimately opposed his impeachment. I mean, at some point, I mean, give the man a break. Haley said in 2021 she wouldn't run if President Trump ran, adding, I would talk to him about it. And Mr. Trump's not letting her forget that, referencing the comment in a new statement, wishing her luck. Craig and Chanel asking Haley in October about the 2024 race. I'm thrilled with the accomplishments we did together. We had a great working relationship. But right now we'll see what he does. Haley may be Mr. Trump's first formal opponent in the Republican primary, but she won't be his last, with Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis widely expected to jump in, although he's dodging for now on his plans. Nikki Haley announced her presidential run today. Do you plan on following suit? (laughs) 
Wouldn't you like to know? (laughs) Anybody else? Former Vice President Mike Pence visiting Iowa today, laying the groundwork for his own potential run. Sources familiar with his thinking suggest any formal announcement probably wouldn't come for several months. And South Carolina Senator Tim Scott set to hold events in his home state and in Iowa over the next week. You know, that list could just keep going. There are a lot of Republicans who are thinking, hey, the water's warm. Maybe Trump is a little weaker than he was politically. Is that setting up a scenario where you have the non-Trump vote divided and then you have Trump? And and, and frankly, that's exactly how he won the primary in 2015. You're talking about a potential splintering of the field, Savannah. And yeah, if as many people get into the race as expected, not just DeSantis, Pence, Haley, Tim Scott, look at Mike Pompeo, maybe Glenn Youngkin, the list goes on, then yes, there's absolutely that possibility. And it is giving some 2016 vibes. Think about that. That's when Mr. Trump won the New Hampshire and South Carolina primaries with only about a third of the total vote in those states, like 33, 35 percent. There weren't monster majorities, partly because of how big the field is. Now, listen, the former president is still popular with a lot of Republicans, but he is less popular than he used to be, which is why some opponents see an opening. Right now, you've got some very early polling showing it's basically him and Ron DeSantis right at the top of the field, trailed by basically everyone else. Those numbers obviously could change a whole lot as more and more people like Nikki Haley officially throw their hats into the ring, Savannah. All right, Haley, thank you. And we will say good morning to Craig, who's actually going to South Carolina a little Uh later after the announcement by Nikki Haley. We'll sit down and do an interview. We are. In fact, we're going to talk about that, what a crowded field could mean, among other things. I'll head down to the Palmetto State after the show to sit down with the former ambassador, her first network interview since announcing her presidential run. We'll have that conversation tomorrow for you right here on Today. Meanwhile, there are some new concerns this morning over that massive train derailment and toxic chemical fire in eastern Ohio. Nearly two weeks later, residents are sounding the alarm about their health and safety. NBC's Ron Allen is here with details on this one. Ron, good morning to you. Good morning, Craig. State officials insist they've been carefully monitoring and testing the environment since the derailment. But at the same time, there have been reports of residents complaining about health problems like sore throats and headaches. Some even complaining that pets, farm animals and wildlife have died because of potential contamination. It's been 12 days since the fiery derailment of a train carrying hazardous chemicals through East Palestine, Ohio, and the plan burned to prevent a potentially catastrophic explosion. Residents worry about what's still in the air, soil, and water of their rural community. Don't tell me it's safe. Something's going on if the fish are floating in the creek. Ohio officials confirming some 3,500 fish died in local waters in the days after the derailment, but insist extensive testing shows there's no threat to other wildlife or humans. They say there's only anecdotal evidence of residents getting sick and no confirmed connection to the hazardous chemicals aboard the train. I definitely have a right to know what was on that train. Still, for the first time, state officials suggested residents returning to the evacuation zone use bottled water, especially if they have a private well while testing continues. The governor was asked if he would return home if he lived near the crash site. I think that I would be drinking the bottled water. I would be alert and and concerned, but uh, I would probably be back in my house. An answer leaving some residents with mixed emotions. I feel about 80% safe. Ben Ratner and his family live half a mile from the crash site. Their kids are back in school after being out for a week. It sounds like you're still worried. I think more so worried for the long term. 
Residents have filed multiple class action lawsuits seeking damages from the rail operator Norfolk Southern, including free health monitoring and screening. The company says it has already paid residents more than a million dollars in assistance and that it's committed to cleaning up any contamination. All right. We'll keep an eye on it. Thank you, Ron. All right. Now let's move on to the latest on that devastating earthquake in Turkey and Syria and a somber milestone. The death toll climbing above 40,000 with an unknown number of people still missing. But incredibly, nine days later, some trapped under the mountains of rubble are finding ways to survive. NBC's Kelly Kobiea is in southwestern Turkey with more on this. Hi, Kelly. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Hoda. And that death toll is still climbing. And you can actually see the power of the earthquake at my feet, where the earth literally tore apart. But every day, there are still small miracles. This morning, clinging to hope, this 42-year-old woman carried to safety almost 10 days after the deadly earthquake. Searchers and survivors refusing to give up. At least nine people freed from the mountains of concrete and twisted metal that used to make up their homes Tuesday. These rescuers finding the outstretched hand of a 65-year-old survivor later pulled out after nearly nine days. Rescue crews digging long tunnels to reach them, many exhausted, some sleeping on piles of debris. More than 200,000 homes in Turkey were destroyed or so badly damaged they'll have to be demolished. Turkey's president saying more than 35,000 have died in this country alone. Close to the fault line, the quakes changing the landscape. This used to be a single olive grove, now separated by a deep canyon a mile and a half long. Tens of thousands are homeless and hungry, these volunteers feeding a thousand people a day. There was no food, no water, uh, no uh, help. Amid so much destruction, incredible stories of survival. This morning, those two brothers who were rescued yesterday are recovering. One of them said that they ate protein powder, Hoda to stay alive. Oh, my word. Well, you know, Kelly, there are so many people here who are looking for ways. They want to help out, but they don't know what to do. What should they know? Yeah, so if you want to donate, and there is an enormous need, there are a couple of things to keep in mind. First, pick a charity organization that is known and is already on the ground. That way they can act quickly. Also, uh, make sure your donation isn't tied to any specific activity or program. And above all, give cash, not material goods. That way, aid groups can remain flexible. The situation on the ground, Hoda, as you know, is still very fluid. Indeed. All right, Kelly Kobiea for us there in Turkey. Kelly, thank you. Well, now we've got a mystery solved, kind of. Mm-hmm. This morning, we finally know who won that record $2 billion Powerball jackpot back in November. California lottery officials announcing yesterday it's Edwin Castro. That's the person who bought the winning ticket at a gas station near Los Angeles. But <laughs> Castro declined to attend the news conference. <laughs> okay. He wants to remain private. And California officials are required to at least release the winner's name, but not other information like place of residence or age. So he just sent a statement that he was, quote, shocked and 
ecstatic mm-hmm. to have won. And he chose the lump sum payment, which amounts to $997 million. And oh, yeah. he said, bye. bye. Yeah. Yeah. Producer yeah. Edwin Castro, not still in the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. think you're right. Congrats, Edwin. Sounds like he's a smart guy. Yes. Mm-hmm. 715, Mr. Roker, what do you got? We got a lot going on on the weather maps. Good morning, everybody. Let's get started. 24 million people under winter weather advisories, watches, storm warnings, even some blizzard warnings up around the Dakotas. And we've got a risk of severe weather as well with this system that's developing really rapidly. 14 million people at risk. Tornadoes, likely a few of them intense, damaging hail. And in this red area, significant tornado threat from Memphis to uh, Greenville, EF2 or greater. These would be overnight nocturnal tornadoes twice as deadly as the normal ones. And tomorrow, we even more concerned, 32 million people at risk for severe weather. We're talking about a thousand mile swath from Cleveland all the way down to New Orleans. And with this enhanced risk, this is the first time since January that the the, the Storms Prediction Center has issued an enhanced risk. There have been eight of them so far since the beginning of this year. That's unheard of. That's cl- uh, climate change helping us. Significant tornado threat from Birmingham, Tuscaloosa, Hattiesburg, again, EF2 tornadoes, heavy rain. We're talking about anywhere from two to three inches or more from Memphis to Pikeville down to Montgomery, Alabama. And then as you go to the north, the cold side of this storm, developing storm system going to bring heavy snow anywhere from six to eight inches of snow from Wisconsin, Des Moines, all the way down into the Rockies. So we've got a lot going on today over the next 48 hours. And that is your latest weather, guys. All right, Al. Thank you. Still ahead, we're going to have the very latest from the trial of Alec Murdoch, including the odd behavior his sister-in-law says he displayed after the murders of his wife and son. We're going to be live at the courthouse where the prosecution is nearing the end of its case. Plus the FAA's rare call to action after a string of recent and alarming near misses at U.S. airports. What all airline passengers need to know. But first, this is Today on NBC. It's time to breathe easier this allergy season with Breathe Right Nasal Strips. With instant nasal congestion relief for up to 12 hours, you can spend your time on your terms, not on your noses. Stuffy nose from outdoor allergens? No problem. We got you. Allergy season just turned into stripping season. Instant relief from nasal congestion anytime, anywhere. Need more convincing? Click the banner below and get a free sample. Breathe Right. Get your strip on. Use as directed. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash today just go to indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash today conditions apply need to hire you need indeed 
we're back. 7.30. Let's look back, y'all. Remember yesterday, our Valentine's Day? Oh, my gosh. Filled with love. Five surprise proposals for our incredible couples. I mean, were you not? Oh, my God. Look. Oh, please. I can't. And they were all so different. Oh, yeah. you know, all the couples were yeah. different, but the love was universal. The reactions were fantastic. Oh, I, the fever. I, I thought about that so often yesterday. Yeah. I was like, wasn't yesterday the greatest day? It really, really was. Beautiful. All right. Well, we have a busy half hour for you ahead, and we're going to begin with that closely watched trial of disgraced and disbarred South Carolina attorney Alec Murdoch. Yeah, the prosecution now drawing closer to resting its double murder case against him after jurors heard some more testimony from Murdoch's sister-in-law yesterday. NBC's Katie Beck has been following the trial from the beginning. She joins us from that courthouse in Walterboro with the very latest. Katie, good morning. Well, good morning, guys. Maggie Murdoch's family members have stayed largely outside the spotlight of this case. They are rarely seen in interviews or in court appearances. Until now, the jury heard from Maggie's only sister yesterday, who spoke to her just hours before her murder. On Tuesday, the jury hearing compelling and heartfelt testimony. She was just a really, really good person. Maggie Murdoch's older sister, Marion Proctor, describing shock and anguish the night she learned her sister and nephew had been brutally murdered. I just couldn't believe it. I didn't think it was true. And then her fear after the crime that a cold-blooded killer could be on the loose. I think everybody was afraid and... (laughs) Um, Alec didn't seem to be afraid. Proctor says a short time after the murder, she asked Alec if he believed Maggie and Paul suffered, saying he assured her they did not, something she now says is hard to believe. Also in the days after the murder, she testified, Alec was oddly focused on the deadly 2019 boat crash case involving his youngest son, Paul, but never talked with her about a search for the killer. He said that, um, his Number number one goal was clearing Paul's name. And I thought that was so strange because my number one goal was to find out who killed my sister and Paul. The defense trying to paint a different picture of the Murdochs, introducing a seemingly happy photo of the family about two weeks before the murders, even having Maggie's sister describe Alec and Maggie's marriage. It was good. It wasn't perfect. Um, But Maggie was happy. Proctor also explaining how she learned of Alex's alleged financial crimes and testifying that Maggie knew about her husband's addiction to opioids. And what specifically was the concern? Pills. Prescription. Pain pills. Also taking the stand Tuesday, Roger Dale Davis Jr., who looked after the Murdoch's dogs, describing them as a close family. I've never seen that man even raise his voice at his wife or kids, um, so, um, or his wife. I've never seen him even, none of them argue. The court battle this morning will be over witness Eddie Smith. He is the man who is accused of helping Alec Murdoch in a suicide for hire plot after the murders. Now, prosecutors haven't said whether they definitely will call Smith to the stand. Defense attorneys saying they look forward to the opportunity to question him.
Craig? Katie Beckforce, once again there in South Carolina. Katie, thank you. All right, we want to turn to Laura Jarrett, NBC's senior legal correspondent. Good morning, Laura. So obviously the sister-in-law had testimony to offer, but it also packed an emotional punch as well near the end of the prosecution. Yeah, I think she was there to sort of humanize this person Mm -hmm. that the jury has heard all of these gruesome details about for the better part of yesterday, you know, gunshot wounds and and so much that's really hard to listen to. And I think she was there to say, look, this was my sister. This was somebody I loved. But she's also there to describe sort of these weird interactions that she's having with the defendant after the murders, where he appears not to be that interested in trying to get to the bottom of who actually killed his family. And so she was there to try to say to the jury, look, if something like this had happened to you, wouldn't you want to figure out who did it? And she said he never seemed scared. He never seemed uh, focused on that. Interesting. The prosecution's laying out its case, but a lot of the write-ups say it's been kind of disjointed. Like, they're over here, then they're over here, and they're over here. And it seems things are clear when we see these newscasts. But when you're in the jury box, how is the prosecution done? Right. We all get the benefit of seeing everything that they haven't seen. You know, there's a Netflix documentary coming Mm -hmm. out. There's an HBO documentary. They, at least, are not supposed to see any of that. Mm -hmm. And you wonder whether the prosecution has really been able to connect all of the dots. For instance, they keep introducing this video where you hear Alec at the moment right before the crimes happen. He says he was never on near the kennels where this video Mm -hmm. is taken. But they never explain that that's the reason it's interesting, right? They never sort of have that opportunity, and that's what they're going to have to do in closing arguments. They're going to have to tie all of this together and explain all of those dots that they've tried to introduce. It's been interesting hearing witness after witness verify that it is, in fact, Alec Murdoch's exactly. voice on that Snapchat video. Let's talk about two potential witnesses that could be called. Uh, Cousin Eddie, as he's been called by the prosecution, perhaps, uh, by the state. And and this idea, defense attorney suggesting that they may, in fact, call Alec Murdoch to the stand. Would you call either of those witnesses? So I think they're both pretty risky uh, for similar reasons, which is the cross-examination of those witnesses would be pretty ugly. For Cousin Eddie, he's sort of this mysterious character. We've all seen the video of him. Um, the idea is that he's part of this murder-suicide plot, as Katie laid out. Um, the prosecution seems to want to say that he, the point of doing that was to try to distract and to, to, for Alec to say, look, the killer's back on the loops. Um, the other pro- side will say that he he was doing it to try to collect insurance money for his son. It's all sort of bizarre. It may seem like a diversion for the jury, but that's certainly prejudicial because it's part of, again, this sort of bizarre set of mm-hmm. circumstances. Whether, in fact, they call Alec to the stand, again, risky, because they're going to bring in all the financial crimes, sure. and there's mm-hmm. plenty to cross-examine him on, too. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, Laura, we shall see. Thank you very much. Thanks, sure. Thank you, Laura. we got a lot more to get to this morning, including some big names dropping by Studio 1A. Ant-Man himself, Paul Rudd. And also Elizabeth Banks and Carrie Russell. They're the women behind that. There's a wild new movie. It's called Cocaine Bear. Based on a true story. Uh, First, though, Tom Costello taking a new look at the fallout after a string of close calls for passenger planes. Yeah, that's right, Craig. The acting FAA chief is so concerned about close calls on the nation's runways and that United plane that nearly slammed into the Pacific Ocean. The acting FAA chief issuing a call to action on safety hours before he's on the hot seat on Capitol Hill behind me. We'll have the story coming up. It's time to breathe easier this allergy season with Breathe Right Nasal Strips. With instant nasal congestion relief for up to 12 hours, you can spend your time on your terms, not on your noses. Stuffy nose from outdoor allergens? No problem. We got you. Allergy season just turned into stripping season. Instant relief from nasal congestion anytime, anywhere. Need more convincing? Click the banner below and get a free sample. 
Breathe right. Get your strip on. Use as directed. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Welcome back. This morning on In-Depth Today, the head of the FAA is issuing a rare call to action on safety. Uh, Yeah, and it comes after several close calls on runways and the United Airlines plane that nearly slammed into the Pacific Ocean near Hawaii. NBC's Tom Costello covers aviation force. Lots of close calls, it seems lately, Tom. This is a big concern. The acting FAA chief says we are in the safest period of aviation, but we've had several high-profile close calls. They should serve as an important safety reminder that we can't become complacent. You know, hundreds of lives are on the line every time an airliner is in the sky. And now the FAA convening a safety summit in March, looking hard at recent incidents to see is there any connecting trends that now need to be fixed to avoid a tragedy. The message from the FAA this morning, we must not become complacent. The acting chief, who will appear before Congress looking into the FAA's massive computer outage last month, issuing a safety call to action, writing to staff, now is the time to stare into the data and ask hard questions. The order comes after several very close calls. Delta 1943, cancel takeoff clearance. At JFK Airport in January, a Delta Airlines flight forced to abandon its takeoff after an American Airlines flight taxied across the same runway, a potential collision just seconds away. The American pilots had been subpoenaed to appear before NTSB investigators on Friday after originally declining the interview since it's audio recorded. It's only recently that we've been encountering the crew's refusal to be recorded. Like we said, we've been doing this for decades. In Austin, Texas, this month, another close call. Southwest aboard. FedEx is on the go. A FedEx plane forced to abort its landing to avoid colliding with the Southwest plane cleared for takeoff. And a very serious close call, a United flight on December 18th in Hawaii. Climbing out of Maui, headed for San Francisco, the 777 suddenly went into an extreme, unexplained dive, more than 7,000 feet per minute. Flight Radar 24 shows the plane coming within 800 feet of slamming into the ocean before pulling out of the dive in an extreme climb, then continuing on to San Francisco. United tells NBC News after landing at SFO, the pilots filed the appropriate safety report. United then closely coordinated with the FAA, the union, on an investigation that ultimately resulted in the pilots receiving additional training. The NTSB only learned of the incident this week through news reports and has now opened an investigation. These are all instances that could have been avoided if people had you know, been more cautious, more, more careful. So, Tom, let's back to that hearing today on, on last month's massive computer outage that grounded thousands of flights nationwide. What, what can we expect to hear from the FAA about that? 
Yeah, so that was on January 11th when the NOTAM computer system went down, that critical FAA system, the first national shutdown since 9-11. The FAA blamed contractors for accidentally deleting critical computer files during an upgrade process, but we've now learned that the problems run much deeper than this. This is a 30-year-old system. It's archaic. It needs to be completely overhauled. So Congress is going to be asking questions about upgrading that system. They're also going to be asking about these close calls and probably about those balloons that we've been chasing for 10 days now. Lots of questions. All right. Hopefully yeah. some answers. Tom Costello for us there. Tom, thank you. All right, Al, what's up in the air? Well, what's up in the air? Well, what's not on the ground in a good portion of the country? Snow. It's been a warmer than usual winter for the eastern half of the country. Out west, snowy than average from the Sierras to Minneapolis. Look, Casper, Wyoming, Bismarck, Minneapolis, Denver, Flagstaff, Tahoe City, all above averages. This is the snow season compared to a 14-year average, but not much snow from the plains all the way to New England. Look at how little snow we've had in New York. 19 inches below where we should be. 25 inches below normal in Cleveland. Five inch or six inches below in St. Louis. And we're not going to get much help coming up over the next few days. Record highs likely from Rochester, New York, Boston. You'll see 15 degrees above average today. Roanoke, 69. That's 20 degrees warmer. Nashville, look at you. Mid 70s. And tomorrow, more records likely from Buffalo, Boston with 60, 62 here. Maybe even get to 64 tomorrow in uh, New York City, Lexington, Kentucky, 68 degrees. But then temperatures do take a bit of a tumble. Well, you warm up Chicago, you'll be 26 on Friday, up to 48 on Sunday. Roanoke into the low 60s. Cleveland, you'll be uh, warming up Friday, 29, Sunday, 48 degrees. And that is your latest weather, guys. All right, Al, thank you. All right, guys, coming up next. If you love baby surprise announcements, you do not (laughs) want to miss this morning Uh boost. Coming up right after this. Uh, coming up 7.51 now with the new home of Hoda's Morning Do you like how it is? Well, it is. This time of day, I like it too. All right, we've got a New Jersey couple. They wanted to find the perfect way to tell their moms that they were expecting their first baby. So they printed out the ultrasound photos. They mm-hmm. put them in a frame, and then they called the two moms over for the big reveal. Here's how it all went down. What is it? <laughs> Yes, she goes. What's that? Are you kidding? My kids, she goes. Are you kidding? She's pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, oh my that's God! We've had to bleep a boost. Uh, we had to bleep a grandma too. Needless to say, the two women, Serafina and Connie, a little bit excited. Oh my God! Later, you can oh. hear one of them yelling, "We're grandmas!" And they, <laughs> they're uh, one of the ones to look at that. Okay, that little baby, can you imagine the love in that baby's way? I can also imagine the language that that baby's going to pick up. Oh, Oh, I'm in love with them. That's so awesome. Are you kidding me? Uh, We got another big reveal coming up, by the way. This one is for Ted Lasso fans, folks. We're going to tell you when everyone's favorite coach is coming back for season three. Okay, and we're going to kick off our new winter escape series series from America's oldest city. This is beautiful. St. Augustine, Florida. And we're going to take a nice close-up look. So if you're feeling a little chilly this morning, just soak in those sights. It's time to breathe easier this allergy season with Breathe Right Nasal Strips. With instant nasal congestion relief for up to 12 hours, you can spend your time on your terms, not on your noses. Stuffy nose from outdoor allergens? No problem. We got you. 
Allergy season just turned into stripping season. Instant relief from nasal congestion anytime, anywhere. Need more convincing? Click the banner below and get a free sample. Breathe right. Get your strip on. Use as directed.